umgoblue.com by fans for fans since 1999 hello welcome to this edition of the umgoblue.com podcast this is a new feature by the numbers with clint derringer clint how are you doing today i'm doing well uh feeling feeling good after a big michigan win so i i'm sure you're you're feeling pretty similar to how i'm feeling Definitely better to be on the side of a, of a big first quarter than on the other end like we were last week. So what did, uh, what did the numbers tell you this week when you're looking at the S&P stats? Well, when, uh, when the team, when, when Michigan plays as well as they did on Saturday, the, uh, the advanced analytics or the S&P or, or really any advanced uh, analysis is going to line up with the scoreboard. You know, and and that's that's what we saw. <clears throat> I think uh, Michigan in the five factors, Michigan had a, had a what I would consider a large uh, edge in four of the five, and then a small edge in the fifth, being turnovers and penalties. So um, it was uh, across the board uh, domination, which is is exactly what you would expect, given that uh, Western Michigan was. Uh, ranked uh, in the in the hundreds, both offensively and defensively, going into the game. So um, Michigan took care of business, good, and uh, it's time to you know rinse and repeat, so to speak, because uh, you know we've got a, a very similar uh, matchup coming up this week. Well, it's interesting when you talk about the rankings because on one hand, you know you look at uh, Western battled Syracuse last week, fifty-five to forty-two. And on one hand, you look at that and you wonder if Western was going to be a bigger challenge than they were. But then you look at the S&P and see how they line up to Michigan, and, and things ended up, thankfully, how, how we hoped they would. Um, what areas did you see the biggest improvement that you were looking for personally? Uh, explosiveness is, is the greatest improvement uh, from week over week. I think both uh, week one versus Notre Dame and week two against the Broncos, we we saw a commitment to trying to be efficient, moving the chain. Um, what changed, obviously, was, was the explosion that we saw both through the air and, and obviously on the ground. We had some long runs, um, uh, both Higdon and, uh, and uh, Evans were able to break off some long runs. And uh, the yards per play metric increased um, all the way up over eight yards per play um, for the for the entire game. So uh, that is where we really saw the biggest difference, uh, not only from week one to week two, but from 2017 um, to now, was that uh, the explosiveness was finally there. Um, in addition to being successful um, on the efficiency metric. One of the things I was happy to see was that Michigan was consistent throughout the game. Um, you know, sometimes we'd see in the past where there'd be a burst of points and then scoring would drop off to zero as, as the second string came in. It was nice to see the team consistently score. It was nice to see so many players get in the game. Uh, and again, like you mentioned, it was great to see Higdon tear it up for 156 yards, but then you had Evans come in and, and scored, you know, ran for 86 and two touchdowns. So definitely seemed to, to, to see everybody getting work. Um, similar thing on the receiving core. Saw lots of guys get passes. Um, I'm definitely getting a feel that uh, Patterson is getting a, a handle on, on the offense. How do you feel about that and what you've seen against Western? 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. It, you can tell um, that the comfort is starting to build. Um, I, I've mentioned to you a couple times that this season, both preseason expectations and, and through the first two weeks here and how the schedule overall is laid out, this season really has uh, a similar feel to the 2015 uh, Harbaugh's inaugural season um, in that the transfer quarterback starting out relatively slowly, but I think we're going to feel um, we're going to feel the gains. We're going to see and feel the differences on the learning curve for uh, for Shea Patterson. It's very similar to how we did with Jake Rudock. So um, again, I think that's as much about uh, the ability of the quarterback and the ability of the staff to kind of develop the offense and bring it in over time. But also, um, when I look at the schedule uh, in 2018 versus the schedule in 2015, they are they are remarkably similar. Um, started with a, a, a good team on the road, uh, lost and dropped those games, and then two kind of bounce backs, and then and, and then uh, not a not exactly the toughest of Big Ten teams to start, but but no pushovers either. And Northwestern plays a role in both of those. So um, I'm going to kind of keep an eye on on how the parallels between 2018 and 2015 uh, continue through the season here. But um, I think that's a good sign for us. Uh, it's just a matter of. I think uh, executing in games and, and, and winning some of the games that we happened to drop back then with, uh, with a similar uh, improvement arc for our quarterback. One difference that I'm happy to see is that in Harbaugh's first year in 2015, he was reluctant to put or uh, to give second-string quarterbacks any reps. And I, I always thought that that was kind of a, a, a dangerous way to go because as we saw last year, we went through multiple quarterbacks due to injuries. So I've appreciated that uh, Dylan McCaffrey has got in and, and got some reps. And, of course, he got in versus Notre Dame because of cramps, but uh, he did get in yesterday during Western Michigan during that game and, and threw for a touchdown, ran a few times, and, and definitely looked like, uh, again, not our preferred option, but definitely an option that we can rely on if something happens to Patterson. Yeah, I, I agree, and that is it is comforting to know that there's a little bit of depth there. Um, again, repeating what we said last week, we think we uh, we will be functional um, going forward, and that's that's good to know. And let's uh, let's hope that we know we've got that in the bag and, and don't have to use it. Right? Absolutely. Hopefully, it's nice to have a spare tire, but definitely want to stay with our our regular. So, so Clint. Obviously, Michigan overmatched Western, and uh, the numbers appear that they're going to overmatch SMU. Um, what things are you looking for Michigan to improve on this week? Um, well, I think continued improvements. I, I didn't see anything offensively that stood out as a glaring need. Um, if you remember last week's conversation, I said I wanted to see some diversity in the pass game in, t- in terms of uh, – showing that we can attack all the zones of the field, short and deep, and then left, middle, and right. Uh, I think that we did that um, on an adequate basis. Uh, I didn't see any deep passes to the right side of the field, but that, that could just be uh, about opportunity, right? We, we didn't have to throw the ball uh, very much um, in the second half at all. So I think Patterson was like 12 of 15. So um, I, I was very encouraged that we showed um, – the ability to threaten all points of the field 
through the air. So I, I think that we need to continue showing um, diversity in the past game, um, not necessarily geographically at this point, but I think uh, getting everybody involved. Uh, I, I was encouraged very early on on the first drive. I think Patterson hit five different receivers on the first drive, or his first five throws, I should say. Um, I think that's great. I think we should continue that. But I, I think that there's what I'm looking for, again, uh, is layering not only the wide receivers um, getting some catches this week, but I'd like to see more from the tight ends and uh, increased uh, especially uh, activity for the running backs uh, out of the backfield. I still haven't seen us really utilize any of the screens or swing passes to uh, Evans the way that I would like to see. So um, I'd like to see more of the same in terms of improvement uh, week two or week three over week two, just like we did um, this week. Well, the thing that I'd like to see is, you know, continue to watch as the offensive line tries to gel. And again, definitely it was great to see, uh, you know, tear up the run game last week. I think that shows that they were opening seams for the running backs. Um, you know, again, when you have two quick running backs the way we do, you don't need a very large gap for them to tear it up. Um, I think what you saw on Western's defense is they just don't have the speed to close, uh, to shut down those big plays. If you get past the first and second level, um, you know, you're off to the races. Um, I do want to see um, Michigan continue to use both Higdon and Evans, um, if not interchangeably, uh, you know, predominantly through the game. Um, I like uh, they have different running styles. I like what they bring. I, I, I want to continue. Uh, you know, again, in the past, Michigan had a habit of, of going with one running back and kind of kind of riding him throughout. I like the idea of having two guys with different styles because, again, you never know when one's going to go down. I think you made a great point. I would love to see some screen passes for those guys. Um, I think that will help the offensive line a little bit. I also want to see Michigan uh, continue to vary the count as, uh, you know, again, give everything, give any kind of help they can to the offensive line to, to keep the defenders off, uh, off pace as much as they can. Again, really need to see the offensive line continue to improve. And, uh, you know, I, I thought there was a little bit of improvement on the center guard gaps as far as protection. Um, again, it, it's one of the, the struggles I have in this game is that Michigan so con, you know completely dominated Western. It's really hard to judge on a player per player battle level on, on how much improvement there was. Um, but again, uh, you know the, the big thing is you know no critical injuries and uh, continuing to build and build and surge as the season goes. Yep, yep, I agree. I think uh, we did still see a little bit of pressure um, on the quarterback. Uh, but, again, taking in the context of the entire season, I think that we did see improvement across all five uh, of the offensive line positions. You, you already alluded to inside, I agree. I think the tackles were better um, this week than they were last week. Uh, a, a couple stunts that we did pick up that were better, and then when we saw pressure on Patterson, um, they were actually coming inside. So I, I think that there were a few um, very well-timed and well-designed blitzes that Western was able to execute. 
Um, I think Shea Patterson, to a, another point from our conversation last week, I think he did a better job this week of getting rid of the ball. Um, when he knew there was trouble, he, he also scrambled and, and made a couple really nice throws on the run uh, into some tight windows. And that's getting a lot of uh, a lot of mention in the uh, in the Metro uh, media, right? So I, I was very impressed with uh, Jay Patterson's effectiveness and efficiency, and he also, um, what you and I talked about, his ability to get rid of the ball when there was trouble um, and not force it off his back foot. I, I saw that at least two, two times that I can think of where he uh, got rid of the ball um, rather than taking the sack. So all in all, uh, a, a very good, um, solid performance from the offense, and uh, I, I think... Obviously, that that translates over to the defense also. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. By the numbers, this is Phil Callahan along with Clint Derringer. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.